Today, this is Susan Puzio, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and we're also heard on the Rapture Ready Radio Network, which is the network of our sister Jackie Elnor, and we also have a YouTube channel, and that's under my name, Susan Puzio, and our website prophetic news and our book seed faith can a man bribe god and we we see a lot of that going around <laughs> we see a lot of that going around i saw uh, i heard a audio clip from uh, Paula White yesterday and she said that Actually, God himself will remove his presence from you if you don't follow his first fruits instruction. So I don't know, since the earth is God's footstool. Now, that's a pretty, when you think about that now, when you think, when you think about that statement alone, that the earth is his footstool. So God's pretty big. Now, We also know that God is all-knowing and he's ever-present and he's everywhere. So I don't know, like, how does God remove himself from one section? Say if if, if the world was in a pie shape, like, does he cut a quarter out of the pie and he doesn't go there if you don't give him... If you don't give him first fruits. But, okay, so people don't think logically. Obviously, if she could pull that scam off by telling people that God will actually remove presence from you if you don't give first fruits. It's almost ins- it's it's almost as insane as Jesus living in a wafer. To me, that is one of the most biggest deceptions that there ever was. And when you think about, well, the Catholic Church claims that they have over a billion members. Who knows, though, because I think Jackie was telling me that they count people that used to be Catholic. So say if you your family went to a Catholic church when you were growing up and then you, you were confirmed when you were seven or eight, whatever. And then you had your first Holy Communion. Remember that for some of us that were raised in the Catholic church and you wore your white dress and your white veil and you went and you received Jesus. Although you didn't know what you were doing um, I just did it because they told me I had to do it. And I didn't understand what I was doing. I wasn't any more born again than the man in the moon at the time. So 
when you think about it, how many millions, okay, they say a billion, over a billion people actually believe that Jesus lives in a wafer. That That is a whole lot of brainwashing, let me tell you. But it's been very effective. So when when you think about it, that people can actually believe anything that they're told, especially if it pertains to God, because most people that love God or have some kind of a knowledge of God, they of course they want to please God. So and Jesus called people sheep for a reason because sheep need a shepherd, so they're easily led. And con artist preachers, they take advantage of that fact that there's all these little lambs out there, and here comes the big bad wolf. And the big bad wolf can tell you anything about God. And if you don't know God for yourself, you're going to believe the big bad wolf. And they will take advantage of you, and they will. They, you know, they just, they just absolutely will take advantage of God's people, and take advantage of the generosity and the the kindness of God's people. Who's who are the kindest people on earth? Christians. Who are the most compassionate people on earth? Christians. So the devil knows that. And the devil will use people to take advantage of Christians because of their generosity, their forgiving nature, their compassion, and most of all because they want to please God. So along comes along come the wolves and they tell you just about anything. And it's so sad. To me, it's so sad when I see people being fleeced by these wolves. And they have no conscience. Imagine that you go to sleep at night and you, you think, how do, they, how do they lay their head down on the pillow and then actually be able to go to sleep without the faces of the people that they're conning coming before them? And they ha- and actually they can lay down and they can go to sleep and not feel guilty about taking advantage of people and lying to people about Jesus and all the other wicked things that they do. And they are wicked. They are wicked. I had a friend call today to tell me some things about a very uh, well-known evangelist. that It was shocking, just shocking. But I said to him, I said, well... That's what happens. If you say you once knew Jesus, and of course the Bible says it, it's worse it's worse for the person that uh, has known the Lord at one time and then turns their back on God. It's, that's worse than anything. So imagine if some of these people actually knew the Lord and they turned their back on the Lord and then they... they uh, turn into con artists and they and they lie to people about Jesus. So the more they do that, the more reprobate they become. And so 
it comes to the point where they have no conscience at all. And it becomes all about them and about them acquiring wealth and acquiring fame. Well, Satan will give you those things. Satan was so stupid that he actually, you know, (laughs) after being in heaven with Jesus, he knew who Jesus was. Satan was so stupid that he actually said to Jesus, uh, when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, he actually said to Jesus that he was going to give him, <laughs> he was going to give him all the, the what did he say, to all the kingdoms of the world? He, he was going to give it to Jesus. So it already belonged to him. It already belonged to him. And I guess it's kind of a parallel of Christianity because you think God has already blessed us with every blessing and his blessings are free for the asking. And yet along comes the devil and along comes the devil and he uses people. And these people tell you, no, God's not going to give you any blessings, not unless you give him some money. And if you give him some money, then then he's going to give you blessings. And so then the poor little lost sheep, there they are. They're just, they go and they follow the wolf instead of following the good shepherd. But that's the devil for you. So beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing. And there are many. There's so many of them out there anymore. It's like I hear this um, promotion from uh, Matthew Barnett. Okay, Matthew Barnett is the son of Tommy Barnett, who I don't know if he's still in the Assemblies of God. He might be, but I think Matthew is foursquare. And he took over the church that Amy Simple McPherson built in the 1920s. I think she built her big Angelus temple there in Los Angeles, and it's still standing. And, I, and um, I think Matthew Barnett took it over. And, of course, they have a, they have a, a big building that used to be a hospital. I don't know if it has 900 rooms or something like that that they have there that they help people. And anyway, Tommy Barnett, I think his church was in Phoenix, Arizona. It was in Arizona anyway, but I think it was Phoenix. So anyway, Matthew and Tommy, they've been cozying up to Paula White. Of course, they want to cozy up to Paula because maybe they can get an in with Donald Trump, but they don't look. These people don't need Paula to get an in with Donald Trump. Uh, These people have been in ministry for many, many years, and of course they've compromised. I'm not going to say that they haven't compromised because they have. And but as far as legitimate ministry, with uh, helping the homeless and helping the poor and the needy, they have done that. I have to say that they have done that. So they don't need her to get recognition from Donald Trump because I'm sure that he admires people that are self that are self-made and that people that are uh, have done some kind of successful, let's say so-called, maybe so-called successful, because when then when you compromise, I, I wouldn't actually call that success, but maybe in the eyes of the world, when you have 
all these buildings, and then you have this 900-room place in Los Angeles where you're feeding thousands of people and you're clothing people, although they're probably getting most of their food from government grants, and a lot of these food banks are giving food to the churches. Look, the churches, for the most part, are not paying for the food that they're distributing. They are distribution centers for the food banks. And the food banks nowadays, it wasn't like this years ago, but nowadays the food banks uh, are taking in multiple millions of dollars in donations. Say, for instance, if you hear about this food bank called Feeding America and you hear all the big movie stars and the football players and whatever saying, yes, we're making our donation to Feeding America. Well, they take in... I think they take in billions every year. So they're the ones that have the food, and they're the ones that will give the food out to their just uh, distribution centers. And so a lot of these ministries make you think that they're feeding the poor and they're so compassionate, but they're not doing any of the feeding. They're not paying for the food. The food is basically being donated to them which they should tell you, they should tell you the truth is that, we're, look, we're not buying this food. We're just, we're a distribution center for the food. And don't lie. Stop lying. And stop trying to make yourself like you're something you're not. Oh, please. But anyway, so Matthew uh, Barnett, uh, I don't, and I don't know why he would have to do a thing like this. He doesn't have to do it. But anyway, he makes a commercial for Paula White. And he says, oh, I, I want to thank Paula White for making a $10,000 donation to uh, his ministry there, their feeding program or whatever they're doing over there in L.A. Oh, you know, blip. Of course, you have to broadcast it to everybody that that she gave $10,000 over there. Of course, you have to tell everybody that she did it. And then he's saying, oh, Paula White Ministries making a difference all over the world. What what difference is she making all over the world besides conning people and lying about Jesus, telling people that you have to give Jesus money to, give him to uh, get him to do things for you. And she's even got her husband in on the act over there, that uh, rock and roll star, Jonathan Cain. Jonathan Cain, the the millionaire rocker who uh, now is appearing on television with his wife selling miracles. She's even got him doing it. She's even, that's, (laughs) you know, he doesn't realize, because I, I know he's so hypnotized or whatever, he doesn't realize that he's being controlled by Jezebel. Yeah. Men are supposed to take the lead. They're supposed to, they're not supposed to be following their wife. They're the wife is supposed to uh let their husband take the lead, but no. She's the leader of the pack over there, so she actually got this man that's been in uh, the music industry since he was in his 20s and one of the most successful bands of all time making millions of dollars and he you know he's well known in those circles but she actually gets him 
this dopey guy. She actually gets him to appear on television with her and sit at a table with her promoting her first fruits offering, asking people to give a day salary, a week salary, even a month's salary. That you have to give God this thing, otherwise he takes and you have to buy the protection plan, otherwise he takes his he's gonna take all these things away from you if you don't remember to give him his first fruits offering. God gets very upset if you don't do that. That's what she says anyway. But she's actually got this guy up there reading letters from dopey people that sent in their offering and they're sitting there and he's saying, yes, and I think we have a letter here from Tiffany and Tiffany gave her first fruits and then God jumped off his throne and he remembered Tiffany. I'm I'm paraphrasing here. (laughs) I, I don't know. What do they think? Do they think like God, you go and you put some money in the offering plate and God looks down from heaven and he gets so excited when he sees that money. That, what are you talking about? Oh, it's like, stop already. The only people that get excited about money is us. We get excited about it. Yeah, we get excited about it when somebody uh, gives us a gift or somebody's kind to us. Yeah, we get excited. God, no, he, no, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can't get over it. It's it's something that when I figured out what was going on, when I finally figured it out, and uh, listening to some <laughs> people talking about how they were in churches and they were all hypnotized too because they believed all this stuff uh, about how you had to pay God off the the mafia, the mafia don God that they talk about. You better pay him off for his protection plan, or else, or else something bad is going to happen. So I can't get over for myself, of course, after coming out of the fog and realizing what was going on, and uh, trying to help other people come out of the fog because we have to reform the church. The church is the only hope right now. It's the only hope for this world is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, Jesus is the only hope. But the church, the people that are here now, we're the only only hope the world has. Who's going to be here for these people? Who's going to be here when things are falling apart as it is right before our very eyes? And we can't believe how things are falling apart. And it's going to be a domino effect because in the weeks and months to come, there's going to be thousands upon thousands of bankruptcies and foreclosures and everything else that you can think of. And probably more of this virus because I went out the other day and we were, of course, in the state of Florida, we were on a lockdown for 30 days. And so they come out of the lockdown and people are, they're, they're going crazy. They're shopping. The, the stores were packed and they weren't 
social distancing and they were bringing their young children over there to the stores and people weren't, uh, most people weren't wearing any kind of a face covering. And I'm thinking, okay, they relaxed the uh, rules as far as going out and opening up some of the businesses and whatever, but it doesn't mean that the that the virus isn't still out there. It is. It is. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I just don't know. For me, I don't get a good feeling about it because this thing is so insidious and so evil. You just don't know what's going to happen. So we'll see because now that uh, I could see the people's attitudes that they think just because the lockdown was lifted that they don't have to be careful anymore. I think we still need to have our guard up and try to be careful with this thing. It's very, very strange. Of course, we everybody wants their lives to come back to normal, but it's, it's not normal. Try to buy certain things in the store. They don't have it. Certain things are still out of stock. They don't know when they're going to get things, and there's this shortage and that shortage. And so, strange, strange times for us, but... I think it's been a real wake-up call for the for the body of Christ, hopefully. And I'm hoping that some people won't go back to some of these churches, that they'll realize that the pastor didn't really care about them. It was like last week I was watching um, Randy White, Randy White, Paula's ex-husband, and he has a church in Tampa. It's a small church, nothing like he had before. And he's telling the people, now he, he's probably got some money stashed away somewhere. And he's telling the people that they have to provide for the man of God because the widow woman, she gave everything she had to the prophet. And if she wouldn't have given that, she would have still been doing without. So you have to provide for the man of God. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why don't you get a job, you know? People are hurting. They don't have enough money to provide for their own family. And you're such a bum. And you're telling the people that they have to provide for you. Well, there's nothing wrong with providing for your pastor, but he doesn't need to be up there begging and telling, using the Bible as a weapon to beat people over the head to tell them that because he's a man of God, you have to give him some money. We're all men and women of God. God doesn't have any special men of God that he puts on a pedestal and he doesn't have any special women of God that he puts on a pedestal. And then you have to take your last widow's mite and you have to take your last, uh, Oh, they, they love that story about that widow. And she took her last bit of meal and she prepared it for the prophet, even though she, she wasn't going to eat and her son wasn't going to eat as long as the prophet ate. That was the most important thing. Yeah, well, the Bible says that if a man doesn't provide for his own family, he's worse for an infidel. So never mind Randy, okay? Rand, never mind Randy. Randy's got his own family. Let his family provide for him while 
uh, the people of his church are going through this. But no, these people are wolves. They're wolves. They don't care. Oh, you have to help. You have to give me. You have to help me. I'm the man of God. Oh, well, you're going to wake up one day and find out. You're going to wake up one day and find out when it's hot where you go if you don't repent of your lying. Because the Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to go there. So let's look at some news headlines. There was an interesting video that I saw on YouTube about Todd White. Now, eventually, I'm going to do a program about this Todd White and Chuck Pierce. Oh, yikes, he looks like he's going through a bad time. He looks like an old hippie. He looks like he's losing it, Chuck Pierce. But I'm going to do a program about uh, some of these people in this uh, NAR and the prophetic movement, so-called. Oh, yes, everybody, they're, they're prophets. But there was this interesting video about Todd White. And the title of it, I think it was, Todd White, is he another Peter Popoff? And remember... Peter Popoff, I, I doubt seriously that he's really a Christian. He's a very, very good con artist, I must say that. Yes, he's a very, very, very good con artist. And he's been around forever. Uh, I remember seeing him in the 1980s when I first got saved. And he was everywhere on television, Peter Popoff. And then you would ask him to uh, send him a letter and he would send you a picture or he would send you some something that you had to put on your wallet or whatever. <laughs> some kind of a prayer cloth. And, uh, oh, he always made all kinds of promises to you. But Peter Popoff then, he was big time. He was everywhere on all the, the, the so-called Christian networks was Peter Popoff. And then I think there was a, a, mu- a magician named the Amazing Randy. I think it was the guy that outed Peter Popoff. He, I, he, I think he was doing his own investigation, as the story goes. And he actually discovered, I think it was him. Now, don't hold me to it, but I believe that's the story, is that he did his own investigation of Peter Popoff, and he actually discovered that Peter Popoff was wearing a listening device in his ear. And before people would go into the service, they would fill out cards with their name and address and their prayer requests. And then Peter's little wife, you you see them on television now. I can't think of the name of his wife right now. But you see the two of them, and they look, weird they really they always have these weird looks on their face like she always looks like she's ready to burst out laughing because she's such a con artist and she can't believe that she's such a con artist and she's getting that people actually are falling for her con and his con so anyway it was discovered that peter popoff was wearing this listening device in his ear and she was feeding him information like he would see somebody in the audience and then 
she would say, yes, her name is Mary Smith, and she has, uh, she's got arthritis. And so then he would say, is there a Mary Smith in here? And you live that, and then he would tell you your address. Like, oh, wow, that's a real prophetic word. I didn't know my address. <laughs> I didn't know my name. Oh, he told me my name. He told me my address. Wow. So then uh, he would pray for them, and, oh, they would get all excited because he knew he had a word of knowledge. Anyway, he got busted. And then you didn't see him. He was banned. Oh, they took him off all those so-called Christian stations, and then you didn't see him or hear of him. But he's back now, full force. Oh, he's back on the network. The networks took him back. (laughs) If you go and look at some of these channels, oh, some of these... It, it's it's very strange these uh, so-called Christian channels, and yeah, they've taken Peter pa- Peter Popoff back in the fold, and he's there on these networks pushing his wares and selling his fur cloths and his anointing. He's going to send you a vial of anointing oil. <laughs> so anyway, this. Uh, Todd White, he has, the name of the channel is Pirate Christian Radio. And he does this expose on Todd White. And he shows, he claims that uh, Todd White, now he's not saying 100%, but when you watch this video, you see Todd White is standing up there on the platform and he's getting words of knowledge. The words are coming to him, but he stops and it's like he's listening. And then he, he turns his head a certain way, which might be a signal to who, if he is wearing a radio transmitter, is that that might be his signal to the person. So then all of a sudden him too, he gets, did somebody in here get shot in the, and the, the shrapnel is still in your body or whatever. And then the person says, yes, that's me, that's me. So uh, I thought I thought he really did a good job with his investigative report because it looked to me like he had, he, uh, he had something there as far as this guy, Todd White, wearing a listening device. At, back in the day when they caught Peter Popoff, I think they had some kind of an apparatus set up where they can... Um, they knew that there was a radio frequency. So I don't know today how these things work with all this technology we have, how they could find out if this guy, Todd White, is actually wearing a hearing device. Also, there was that guy, uh, Brian Karn. He was the new flavor of the month for a long time. He was everywhere. Old Rod Parsley was booking him and he was doing all the telethons because he w- he was a good pimp preacher. He could sure uh, collect those offerings. He could sure collect those seed faith offerings, and he could sure give prophecies too. So what he would do is he would have he would have people fill out cards, and then they uh, in one particular service where he got busted, he had f- people filling out these 
prayer request cards or whatever with their name and their address and everything. And he would have them hold it up in the air. And then he would walk around and he would read these cards. And then, But he, he would tell the people, is your name the same thing? Is your name Mary Smith and you live at 405 East Pennsylvania Avenue? And he said, yes, that's me, that's me. Well, anyway, he got busted for that, so uh, he got found out. And then he he was, you didn't see him either. For Everybody banned him. He was, after he got outed by giving a prophecy so-called from a psychic that, <laughs> there was a, a psychic that was giving her predictions for the certain year that this was. I don't know if it was 2016 or 2017 when he finally got busted and, and she get, was giving all her prophecies, and then he, and then a, a few months later, he was giving the prophecies, almost the same prophecies as the, as the psychic. Somebody picked it up. Uh, somebody that was very observant, uh, a good investigative reporter, I must say, that outed him for his uh, shenanigans. Anyway, he's back too. He's not. He's, he's not getting any more invitations to TBN or the Daystar Network or. Um, to you know, Rod Parsley's not having him anymore. No, even though Rod Parsley is one of the biggest scammers going too, but they've all shunned him. He's been shunned. But so now, so of course, what do you do when you're you're no longer on the preaching circuit? You start a charge. <laughs> so now he's a pastor. He's an he's now he's a pastor. And he's pastoring churches, and he's on on the on the internet, and he he's he does those live broadcasts over YouTube and Periscope. Of course, people don't you don't hear about people using that too much anymore. But and he tells all the people there on his YouTube channel, I need six thousand dollars, and I had to pay ninety thousand dollars for the electric on my church. And yeah, he tells you. And so they they send it to him. Yeah, they send it to him. Oh, well, and you can send it by app, and you can text this, and you can do that. Yeah, they do it. They do it because he's still there. He's still there. It's like uh, a friend of mine was saying. Well, a lot of these guys they get found out, like Robert Tilton. Remember, Robert Tilton got found out. He was throwing his... He was telling people, send in your prayer request and we'll pray for you. And then he was throwing the prayer request in the garbage and and uh, somebody went dumpster diving and they found all the prayer requests and they re- and reported him to ABC News or whatever. There was a big... Uh, expose done about Robert Tilton. I mean, there's a guy that really, he sunk to all kinds of lows, and he's still doing it. He's still doing it. But God, God's already turned him over. I don't know if there's any hope for him at all. But it's a tragedy, too, because isn't it wonderful to and to do the things that are right in the sight of God. It's 
who cares? There's not enough money in the world for most of us to turn our back on the Lord. Not enough money. No. Money in the world. But expect to see expect to see a lot more uh, things. I think I think there's going to be a lot more uh, exposes and things going on with uh, some of these preachers. It's a sad state of affairs. Why would you sell out the Lord Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? It just doesn't make any sense. No. It does not make any sense. Oh, dear. So I was going to talk about some some of these uh, news stories. There were, I thought there was an interesting news story about um, Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, that she was wearing a charm around her neck. And the the uh, charm that she was wearing was supposed to ward off bad vibrations and evil spirits. Now imagine that. Here's Prince Harry, a member of one of the wealthiest families in the world, and the guy's living in palaces, and they have more money than they know what to do with, and they have a job doing charity work. Uh, I mean, they have a tough, they had a tough life. Uh, they said that they laid off, I don't know, 25 members of his staff or something like that. Oh, tough. You know, have 25 people waiting on your hand and foot. Anyway, she actually convinces him. And you wonder, you wonder how this could happen. Okay. That here's Prince Harry, who's uh, been brought up in England all his life. And, of course, I've been to England many times, and it is different. It's a different culture. Wonderful country, beautiful country, beautiful people. And uh, so they uh, they do love the Queen there. And I love the song that they sing, God Save the Queen, right? (laughs) I always say amen when they sing that song. But... She actually, this woman actually convinces him to leave England and to give up. Uh, they had a, a uh, they called it a cottage, but of course I don't think it was a cottage. I think it had twenty five rooms or something like that. And it's in Windsor, and Win- Windsor is nice. I've been there, but of course it's near Heathrow Airport, and so there are airplanes flying over. When I was at Windsor Castle, yeah, you, the planes fly right over it. So it's not exactly, I, I I wouldn't say that it's exactly the best palace castle that the, the uh, British royal family has because of the airplane noise, especially Heathrow Airport. It's very noisy. But one thing I have to say about Heathrow, they do close the airport at night, I think after 11 or after 12 o'clock at night, and it doesn't open up again until 6 or 7 in the morning. So there's no airplanes flying at night, which is great. But anyway, she manages to convince him to leave everything behind and to move to L.A. where they're, write, they're going to write books. This was a bad time. I hate, I hate to tell them. This was a, 
this was a bad time to leave the royal family behind to go out on your own because uh, I, I don't think people are going to be so thrilled to read your book and to read and to watch your movies and whatever because of uh, what people are going through right now. I, I don't think that people are going to be that interested, especially when the uh, girl is wearing a charm that wards off evil spirits. So I wonder what's going to happen. If anybody needs the Lord, yikes, it's those two. But it's interesting, isn't it, that here, somebody that has it all, basically, they're not happy. No, they weren't happy. No, they, they have to go. And I guess it's like the old saying, I have to find myself. So maybe the... Uh, Hopefully they'll find themselves and uh, get out of the occult, uh, uh, that kind of thing. But you see, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's, it's, not, it's not a guarantee that it's going to make you happy. It's not like, okay, I've got money, so that's a happy pill. That's going to make me happy. It's not necessarily so. Some of these people are the most miserable people in the world, and they have tremendous uh psychological problems and so somebody could come along and uh, whisk them away and before you know it they don't even know what happened to them so it's not uh, necessarily a guarantee that just because you get X amount of dollars that you're going to be a happy person it's nice to have financial security and, and to know that you're going to have food and shelter, yeah, and electricity and, and gas in your car, and you're going to have your basic needs. All those things are very nice, of course. But that's not what makes you happy. Really, the only, the only way that a human being can get real joy and real peace in their life is from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ from knowing, for knowing God, for uh, God to help us, that we're dependent on God, and we know that we're dependent on God, and we know that we're nothing without God. Uh, yeah, like a big nothing. I don't need any self-esteem because I know who I am. I'm nothing without God. If it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ, I would be in one big mess. And so... That's the most important thing in life is to have a relationship with God, to be able to be dependent on somebody else to take care of you. Somebody that's perfectly able and capable of doing it because we can't do it on our own. Nobody can do it on their own, and especially with what's going on now. So I just wanted to um, come to you with this program today. And to remind you, the most important thing you can do today is to repent of your sins and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life and to be your Lord and Savior. Because you see, the world, the world has been falling apart right before our eyes. And who can stop it? What president, what king, what earthly figure can say, let's stop all this? It's beyond any human control. Give your life to Jesus today. It's something you'll never regret doing. God bless you.